Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Joshua J, and you're listening to How Magicians Think. Who is the greatest living magician? How Magicians Think is my love letter to magic and the best magicians in the world. It's a podcast about what happens when you spend every waking second of your life pushing the boundaries of what's possible. It's about taking the ordinary and doing the extraordinary. I want to take you behind the curtain so that you can see the inner beauty of magic and appreciate the world's most secretive profession in a whole new way. I'm Joshua Jay, and this is How Magicians Think. Welcome to the show. You're about to meet somebody who isn't just an expert in their field. They are the expert, capital T, capital E, in their field. This is somebody who has transcended what was done in their craft and pushed it truly and without exaggeration to new heights. And this person has a lot to tell us about art, about craft, and about passion. And if you listen carefully to what he says, you're going to learn things that can serve you in your passion and your life. In the year 2000, I was 19 years old. I was in Madrid, Spain on my first lecture tour, and my heart was beating outside my chest at this moment because I was about to meet the greatest magician alive. He's famous in his native Spain, but he's also one of the great creators of magic. He's one of the great philosophers of magic theory. And here I was meeting him in person for the first time. As I sat in the lobby of his flat, I watched the motorcycles and Vespas whiz by. And I wondered, what do I say to this guy? Do I dare show him a trick? He saw my show last night. Should we talk about it? He came downstairs and he greeted me. His clothes are fairly plain. He has long hair that's thinning now. His crooked teeth and he's in his 70s. And then he said, hey, I've got some friends that want to meet you and we're going to a restaurant. Let's go. And I thought, wow, cool. I'm going to meet all the Spanish magicians. So we leave his flat, and he immediately says, well, I can go left, or I can go right, or we can go straight. Why don't you pick? And I said, well, I don't know where we're meeting these people. I don't know where the restaurant is. You're the one that said there's a restaurant. Which way do we go? And he said, no, no, no. You choose left, right, or straight. And I realized in that moment, I was in the middle of a magic trick, a magic trick just for me. Left, I guess? Okay, left. But listen, if it's not left, let's just go the other way. No, no, you said left. So we went left. 
and we talked for a moment. And then we came upon the next street, and this time it was just a left or a right. There was no way to go straight. And he said, okay, left or right. And I said, I don't know. And he said, you must choose. And I said, okay, fine, right. So we turned right. And again, we got lost in conversation, and he talked to me about a trick that I showed in the lecture last night. And it was kind of a long walk till we came to the next street. And again, three different ways, straight, left, or right. And I was enjoying the conversation, so I said, okay, straight. And then we came to another crosswalk, and I said, this trick could go on for hours. And he said, yes, yes, it could. And I said, well, why don't you tell me how long it is, and then, then I'll make another. No, 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 you choose. And I said, okay, um, left. And we go left, and now we walk in silence, because I'm thinking... God, if this doesn't work, this is going to be the shittiest trick ever. And he said, last choice. And I said, okay, right. And we turn right, and there in front of us is a restaurant. He says nothing and just asks me to go inside by nodding his head. I walk in. And there are nine magicians grouped around a table, some of them the most famous magicians in Spain, waving and cheering as we walked in. He is Juan Tamariz, but he is known as the maestro. Maybe he had groups of magicians in every restaurant in downtown Madrid. Or maybe he would just keep going and going and going until I made the right choice. Or maybe I just thought I had a free choice, but actually he was somehow forcing me to go the way that we went. How did he do it? I have no idea. Juan Tamariz, he is a national treasure in Spain. You can't walk down the street without this guy getting mobbed. <laughs> of course, I like very much, especially if uh, wonderful girls came to me and kissed me. <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot of times. People came to, to do a picture with me or an autograph or only to tell me, and they are happy. It's like a food for happiness for myself and for themselves, and I am happy with all that. He's not just a famous television personality and performer. He, throughout his career, has developed and invented some of the greatest magic ever devised. He is a connoisseur, particularly with cards, but he entertains in full theaters as well as right in front of your face. Well, this is it's natural for me. When I was four years old, my father brought me to a theater in Madrid and I saw a magician Ah, I am alive now. And then after this, I don't think a lot of about myself. I don't like very much to, to think about my hair. Then I don't know. It happens and I am very happy. I wanted you to experience him in his rawest form. So we decided in the end to have him speak English. But I invited a friend along who would help feed him words when he would get a little stuck in Woody Aragon. So our thanks to Woody for being with us during the interview. What's truly incredible to me as I sit here and think about it is that I've been able to befriend Juan and I get to travel every summer to Juan's summer home 
which is in San Fernando, Spain. It's just outside of the ancient city of Cadiz. And he's designed his summers to host these sorts of salons for other magicians and close friends. Now, some things you need to know before we jump over the Atlantic are these. First of all, when you're going to session with Juan Tamariz, you got to keep Juan time. Juan keeps vampire hours. He gets up about 5 to 6 p.m. And he spends the first few hours of his day writing by himself at a little desk for one. So even when you're there walking around his house, if he's sitting at that desk for one in front of this very beautiful lemon tree, you don't talk to him. You don't bug him. He's taking notes. He's writing up perhaps the next great miracle that he'll use to fool you. But there around 7, 7.30, it's time to congregate. And Juan wears this little kepi beanie hat when he's at his house. He has long, stringy white hair. And you go out on the veranda, and if there's seven or eight people staying with him in his guest house, that's where we all meet. In this case, for this particular podcast, I can't believe it, but I was the only one at his house. It was just Juan and me. And I cannot express to you the unbelievable feeling of sitting across from perhaps the greatest living magician and having him all to myself. The only special thing, I think, is... uh... I love so much the passion of the art, of the magic. It's so strong in myself that perhaps helps to others to feel the same and to study and to look for the small details and the refinement or refinement. But I don't do nothing, say, I'm going to do this for, for the other people. No, but because a lot of people came every summer to my house to hear where you see there under the seven vials of illusion. And we spend so good time. Then perhaps after they come back with more energy and magical energy and perhaps with more love because the key is the word love. We go and we session from about 7 p.m. till about 8 a.m. the next morning. You go all night. And when I say session, this is a magician's term for hangout. It could mean talking about art. We talked about Picasso. We talked about fine food. We talked about travel. But of course, the main thing we did was talk through our hands. We did card tricks. Lots and lots and lots of card tricks. And we dissected the ones that we did. We turned them inside out. We did them backwards to forwards. We talked about what makes for great card magic. I would do a trick and he would tell me I didn't like that and I'll tell you why. He would do a trick for me and I would say I like that and I like that because of this reason. And together, we grow as magicians. It's an incredible feeling. I don't know any better way to learn than this mentorship passed down from expert to student. And it was a great privilege to be there in San Fernando learning. The secrets in magic are very important for the magician that do the thing because I don't share with the other but in fact magician we are in an art that most of the time we are together we dinner together we go to convention together and we are very close friends of the other people in Madrid the Escuela Magica de Madrid to, to share with other and Escorial Jornadas is a meeting three days in Escorial close to Madrid and we share all the ideas and study for the next year and, and so and so 
And then I don't do nothing special in this field, but I think the idea of share is more important and it works perfectly. More share, more love, more. The only thing is if a beginner comes and say, can you explain me this move, this technique? You say, I can explain you. But if you like, I explain you one that is in your level, but any moment in the future, you can come and ask me and I explain it. Then the beginner starts to understand and more and more becomes part of the magic world. It's a really wonderful, marvelous magic world. What would you say is the advice that you give to people who are trying to become better at communicating with their audiences? I am not expert in communication. I am a magician. There's some parties, communication, of course, and very important part. But uh, I think the most important is if you believe the thing, if you believe really, really the thing that you are going to communicate, of course, this is a normal thing. But I, I think also that it's very important that you feel that you believe and you love the idea or that you are going to communicate at this moment, not thinking about the technique of your performance, or, but really concentrate in believing and feeling. If you feel, people feel. If you believe, people believe. But what do you do because you performed for your whole life, theaters and tours and television, there must be some days, I have days like this, where I am not particularly in the mood to have that feeling of, of course, love. Of course, of course. So how do you fake it or how do you channel that energy and make it good? Of course, I have not a solution perfect for this because sometimes happens, but in more, more and more I did and I do like this. If say today is not a so good moment, no? So day is some yeah. the sleep or some problem at house or family or anything. Then I don't try to fake and show me very in the mood and very happy and no, no, no. I try opposite. I try to become first I am going to be happy and, and second I am going to translate to communicate. How to do this? Is It depends. I remember that in the planes, when you are in a flight, they say if something happens, some must come down from the right. sailing and say, if you are with a child, for instance, put yourself first and then second help to the other, because if not, you can help to the children and no good for you, and you make some, como se dice, desmayo. Passed out. And then I say, oh, is I, I must do like this. I go with the mood that is not very good, and I look the faces of the spectator. I do the a small, tiny thing, or a joke, or a not very good, because my mood is not so good, not, not in very good, but... When I see the faces of the spectator and I look directly, and I look one of them or two of them, or three, they are smiling or they are happy or expecting, perhaps, not because they think that I did. I say, oh, 
I am happy, a little bit more happy. And then the next, more happy, more happy. Then I become more happy and I can communicate. So you're saying you fix yourself first and that fixes the attitude. I want to the interrupt audience. the interview. Very good translation. Other Juan Tamarie's story. This is the other trick that completely blew me away. And I know that many magicians have this same trick as their sort of pie in the sky, Juan is a god type trick. And here's the trick. He has to borrow my deck of cards. And that's important because when a magician borrows a deck, you know that they're not using extra or special cards because everybody's back design is a little bit different. And if he uses my deck, I know he's not using extra cards because he doesn't have another deck of my cards. So he borrows my deck and he says, I'm going to draw a line with my foot. Juan draws a line in the ground, an invisible line. And he says, I will not cross this line. This is the line. I'm on this side. You're on your side. Josh, do not cross this line. I will not cross. Them. Okay. So Juan is over there. I'm over here. He's not coming near me. And he makes a big deal that he's not going to touch me. Now, he asks me to think of a card. I think of the card. He asks me to name the card I'm thinking of. And he asks me to look through the deck. And my friends, the card is gone. Now, I'm already fooled because this is not a picked card. This is a thought of card. And it's gone from the deck. My deck of cards. Not his deck, my deck. So now he says, don't cross the line, don't cross. Okay, I'm not crossing the line. I'm not crossing the line. And he says, look. And he points to his pocket, his breast pocket in his shirt. And he shows his hand empty and he reaches inside and he takes out a card. And it's from my deck, the deck that never crossed that line. And he asks, what was your card? And I said, four of hearts. He turns it around. It's the four of hearts. How did he do it? I have no idea. The most important for me is the love to the passion to the art. If you have the passion, you know more because you study more, you learn more, you training more, you express more, and then the love gives you the happiness of this. It sounds a little bit hippie, but I, I believe in, in this. I'm so impressed that you continue to push the boundaries. You continue to create magic. You could be doing the same show you did 20 or 30 years ago, but you're always improving the material. And I'm wondering if you can talk to us about where you want your work to go next. What is it that you're thinking about when you think about your work and your performances and your writing? Where do you want to see it go next? Well, in fact, I don't plan. I don't do plans in this kind of thing. It's more the art of magic, the passion that the I have. visualization, let's say. Visualization, but it came to me. There are friends like you and Woody and and books, wonderful books in magic, and uh, other magicians that give me a lot of pressure to, to, be, to be better in magic, but it's not a plan, the, where is the next step? I, I really am very irresponsible, <laughs> really, in the life too. Then sometimes it happens and I am happy. If you are an artist, the other art and your art and the other art inspire you 
but for me the more important is the humanity, the human being. Then it's for this that in summertime I stopped to work and I spent three or four months with friends that came and we talk about other things and we enjoy the food and we do a lot of magic until seven in the morning or eight, seven or eight or nine or ten. Or <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and uh, is this that give me the pleasure and I try to give the other the pleasure to enjoy together. Then is the human beings and the friendship is the most important. But also, of course, the other are uh, give you and the life, of course, is important. I think this is the most important for me, the, the inspiration of human beings, but of course, sometimes with the art and sometimes with other. And it's important to hear the other people, to hear, to escuchar, escuchar. To listen. Listen, really, the other. It's not the question, say, I'm going to tell you something, I'm going to show you something. Of course, I like to show you my new things and to talk. And, uh, and sometimes my ego gives me the pleasure of say, you say, I show you something or I tell you and you applaud or you, it's a little bit of vanity and so and so, but the strong thing is listen the other and enjoy the other uh, concepts and spend good time, spend good time. In the next episode of How Magicians Think, we're going to go to a very sensitive place. The episode is called Overcoming Obstacles. And I talk with some people who have overcome unbelievable roadblocks to become excellent at their craft. We'll talk with Richard Turner, one of the leading sleight of hand artists in the world, who is blind. We'll also talk with Canada's Madi Gilbert, a magician born without arms or legs who still does exquisitely beautiful sleight of hand. There are many surprises along the way, but this is an episode about hope and follow through and tenacity. And I think you're going to find it absolutely riveting. We'll see you there. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you follow it on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to fill your friends' lives with magic by clicking that share button inside the app. If you'd like to find more information about me or my career or my book, How Magicians Think, or my tour, you can find all of that at joshuaj.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Joshua J, and this is How Magicians Think. How Magicians Think is a production of Audio Up Media and Vanishing Inc. Executive produced by Joshua J, Jared Gustat, Phil Alberstadt, and Jimmy Jelinek. Written by Joshua J, Audio Up in-house production by Jordana Glick-Fransheim and Nate Glassman-Hughes. Edited by Kerry Caulfield-Eric. Sound design and mix by Carrie Caulfield Eric. For the full list of production credits, please visit audioup.com. You can find more podcasts from AudioUp on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
y'all, I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.